everyone. This is the Crime Cafe, your podcasting source of great crime, suspense, and thriller writing. I'm your host, Debbie Mack. Before I bring on my guest, I'll just remind you that the Crime Cafe has two ebooks for sale the nine book box set and the short story anthology. You can find the buy links for both on my website, debbiemack.com, under the Crime Cafe link. You can also get a free copy of either book if you become a Patreon supporter. You'll get that and much more if you support the podcast on Patreon, along with our eternal gratitude for doing so. But first, let me put in a good word for Blueberry Podcasting. I'm a Blueberry affiliate, but that's not the only reason I'm telling you this. I've been using Blueberry Podcasting as my hosting service for my podcast for years, and it's one of the best decisions I ever made. They give great customer service. You're in complete control of your own podcast. You can run it from your own website. And it just takes a lot of the work out of podcasting for me. I find for that reason that it's a company that I can get behind 100% and say, you should try this. Try Blueberry. It doesn't require a long-term contract, and it's just a great company, period. And it also has free technical support by email, video, and phone. So you can get a human being there. Isn't that nice? Hi, everyone. My guest today is a doctor who studied emergency medicine and works in emergency rooms, I presume. Uh, She's received many... uh, accolades for her work, including a Derringer Award for Best Short Story of 2023 and finalist for the Silver Falchion for Best Thriller. Uh, She also writes medical humor, which I find fascinating and want to know more about, and has won uh, speculative fiction awards as well. It's my pleasure to have with me today Melissa Yee. Hi, Melissa. Thanks so much for being with us today. Oh my goodness, thank you so much for having me. Well, it's my pleasure to have you on, believe me. And your background just fascinates me. Um, I used to be an EMT and my my husband was a was a firefighter. He's retired now. But uh, so I can thoroughly appreciate the, the whole hectic thing involving emergency rooms, what that must be like. Um, do you still practice medicine? I do, not as much as I did, but I still like to keep my hand in. Excellent. I just have to say, good for you guys, because now you can sleep. (laughs) (laughs) The nights are so hard. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I I remember getting up in the middle of the night to go on calls. And it it was like, whoa, I mean, sometimes those five in the morning ones were the worst. Like right before the dawn, I would get into the back of the ambulance, and I would just feel nauseous. (laughs) <laughs> I oh, I bet. yeah, because it's it's a that's a very physical job. Also, like for me, I would say three, four a.m. W- is tough because it's like you've been working so long, but there's still so much to go. To me, five, six people are trying to wake up. Normal people are alive at this time. It's not so bad. You know, <laughs> you might start to get <laughs> some sort of backup. But the middle of the night, like really you're it. And I just find that very tough and very bad for circadian rhythms. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, really. I, I mean, I was much younger then, so <laughs> I could adjust to it a little more easily, I suppose. But um, I've always been sort of in awe of people who go to medical school because I went to law school and the med school was oh. right down the street from me. 
Yeah. And I was like, wow, I'm so overwhelmed with work, but what if I were in med school? Oh my God, you guys have to study all these bones, all these muscles, all these nerves. It's It just amazes me. Um, what I do think you law school is very cognitively taxing, though. I think there's so oh, much very. Yes. involved, you know, so that it's a different kind of stress. Um, very the, much the, so. The stress for medicine is really holding people's lives in your hands. That's the stressful part for medicine. Yes, yes. You know, that to me has always been like, whoa, you guys are really in there, you know, doing stuff, you know, fixing people's medical problems, things like that. Um, what is it that inspired you to create Dr. Hope C? Very good. Thank um, you. <laughs> you know, for me, I honestly, there were a few things, but uh, I practice, so I'm from Ontario in Canada, and the medical system is relatively, was relatively good when I went to medical school. And then I, I people probably don't know this, but in Canada, the federal government uh, has the money and then they give the money to the different provinces. And when you finish medical school, you get matched anywhere in the country. Like, well, you don't have to apply everywhere, but a lot of people apply, uh, uh, you know, across the board. And so you could end up, you know, Newfoundland to BC sort of thing. And I ended up in Quebec, in Montreal, Quebec, which is actually not far from Ottawa, my hometown. It's only two hours drive away. But for me, the medical system was mind-blowingly different, like, because um, it's a different province. So first of all, the nurses had been on strike because they were amongst the lowest paid, and, and uh, so the morale was not good, and they also had to, to draw all their own blood, like there was no phlebotomist to do that, and I was like, wow, that's strange, and then they, and then it started coming on to me, like, being like, okay, well, you do the electrocardiogram, I'm like, oh, okay, I, I didn't realize that. Um, I thought you were a nurse, sorry. And she's like, well, I am a nurse. And I said, oh, okay, but you don't do electrocardiograms? And she's like, not on this floor. So uh. there were all these regulations that um, ended up just like everything was being dumped on everybody basically. And um, it was really tough and for patients to just be waiting in the, in the emerge. And even if you're admitted, you still have to wait for days maybe um everything was so stressful that subconsciously i think it made me think of murder and i think also that um for me i just wanted to be able to battle something that wasn't disease that wasn't bacteria you know or viruses mm -hmm. like have some sort of thing that you could physically fight and find justice so in my head I was like wouldn't it be great if there was a physician a resident doctor like myself who saves lives but also fights crime and so that's when Dr. Hope C was born oh that is so cool um and I see you have a kind of a separate sub-series perhaps in what is it called the Hope C um seven, seven deadly, deadly sins is, is yes, that that's like an offshoot yes 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 so the first series is finished those are nine novels and the difference is and these ones obviously it's about the seven deadly sins and it's also they also have a supernatural element so I, again i just don't know how my mind works but one of the main characters like like hope's best friend basically just turned 
around basically and said I can talk to ghosts and I was like what like you never (laughs) mentioned this before but um Tori like she doesn't talk to people a lot she keeps things very close to her chest and so it took like until um like seven or nine months before she told Hope that she could do this and so the last book White Lightning there are ghosts in it but then I was just like this next series will just unleash the supernatural as well as medicine and thrillers (laughs) so just mashing everything up that sounds fascinating to me I love the idea of mixing these kind of different uh, genre elements in supernatural paranormal uh mystery medical thrill thriller fantastic i think that's great well i'm glad that you're so flexible i I think for some people it would just be like a big no but for me it's that's what makes it exciting exactly. is to be able to invite you i love that actually i just think it's fantastic <laughs> <laughs> really i love well, the way people you. mix genres up i mean there are other books out there that i am like wild about because they they bring in other elements from other genres for that very reason um you obviously have a lot of professional experience working in in the ER and so forth and and, in medicine, but are there areas that you still need to research when you write a novel? All the time. Oh my goodness. Yes, for sure. Like my, the first book in the seven deadly sin series is Wrath. It's called the shapes of Wrath, And it's set in the operating room. And I was like, Hey everybody, it's been a long time since I, you know, have, been on surgery or anesthesia can you help me and so they're a group of women physicians who are wonderful wonderful and so they step forward to talk to me and I'm just like thank god there are all these people who are smarter than me who can just (laughs) fact check me the whole time and in fact each other you know like everybody has their own area of expertise and one of them would be like you know well if it were a patent for Amino Valley and then other one be like no no that would cause this instead and then you know this will be a whole discussion and I just be like okay the final answer is <laughs> oh goodness um so where is it that you would ultimately see uh, your series of books going this latest one um are you asking me which what's your plan yeah so it's actually interesting to me because with my previous series I would just let my subconscious go and somehow tie things together which was pretty (laughs) interesting you know but now I'm like the seven deadly sins so that's very helpful um to give me something more concrete and from the very beginning actually I was really attracted to the idea of doing forensic psychiatry again which I don't have a lot of knowledge of and um a doctor in North Bay was like oh do you want to visit I'm a forensic psychiatrist and you can stay at my house and I'm like yes (laughs) I would like that very much so I thought about it a lot and I you know I I probably have heard of National Novel Writing Month where you tried to write Mm -hmm. a book and so last year what I did was I tried to write a little bit of all the sins or like of the ones that I hadn't done yet to figure out what I was going to do for each book and I ended up deciding that I was going to do pride last and that it was going to be forensic psychiatry 
Hmm. So the difference with this series is I know that the some of the players from the previous novels in the series will come out and be involved uh, in the final book. Uh-huh. And what are you working on now? Sloth. Sloth. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> February uh. 1st, I have uh, I, I gluttony, um, which is sugar and vice. And that one was so much fun because I love to eat. Like it's one of my <laughs> big passions in life. Like I am somebody who, like strangers have commented on my eating. Huh. So yes, yeah, so like um, for example, in Montreal is French, like has a very strong French culture. And um I was at a French restaurant there and a woman came over and was like, Oh, I just wanted to tell you that my husband and I bake and we were watching you eat the bread and I told him if if um everybody ate bread like that woman we would never go out of business <laughs> and I was just like okay thank you. <laughs> you know and like oh. um you know someone has offered me to share a dessert with me and stuff because like I was just like oh but what do I choose in the rest and then I'm like well you, do you want to try mine and then you'll know and I was like yes I would absolutely love to do that and my husband who's an introvert is just like this is so strange because I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like oh this is good I, I, I thank you so much for sharing your dessert with me like I, I really love meeting people and having adventures like even mini adventures so gluttony was great it was actually a little bit of more work for me because like I'm like, well, what am I gonna do? And if I could tell a little story, uh -huh, Debbie, sure. like, I always wanted to go to this restaurant called um, Onwaf with the letter O, and uh, which is where there's no light for the like Noir is black in French, mm -hmm. and um, it's in complete darkness, and so you don't see your food, you don't see your companions, you don't see the servers, the people who work there are that you know their sight is limited so whether they're completely legally blind or close to and um it's a big adjustment to go in there so i was just like well i'm doing gluttony now is my chance to go to Onoir. so i did hmm. and um, i didn't end up incorporating that one in my book but it was that was a very interesting experience like just how uh, anxious i was to step behind the curtain where i couldn't see was very strange so the server was totally fine well you know was calling out and like whistling and using echolocation to walk um you know and of course knew the layout no problem whereas i was like lingering behind like okay where am i going in this in this black room wow um, and uh like you can pick surprise dish like if you want you can just they'll just surprise you and you don't know what you're going to be eating that night i'm a bit of a control freak so i did choose my food um <laughs> but to tell you the truth like what i finished eating i was just was like well, i don't know if i bought it all and uh no one can see me so i just used my fingers to finish it off, <laughs> I, it's all good you know? <laughs> that's, well that's a very interesting story in a very interesting restaurant it sounds like boy oh yeah 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 that's the best thing is that you can research cool stuff when you're writing they should call you the extroverted omnivore <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. that'll be my nickname for you now <laughs> thank you yeah i love it awesome uh who are your favorite authors who inspires you as a writer 
Oh, uh, you know, I have a ton of favorite authors. I do have a YA that's going to be coming out. So I have been reading a little bit more. So um, at Thriller Fest, which is one of the awards that I have uh, won with the BIPOC scholarship to Thriller Fest, um, I met Maureen Johnson. And she, right, I just re-listening to her books now. And she makes me laugh all the time. So right mm. now I'm on The Box in the Woods. Um, dragons were in sugar and vice so i got i picked up robin hobb h-o-b-b and i love her so much like she writes sets of trilogies basically and her world is so complex like it made me understand the world as well as uh, the characters and everything it was like you know her description of gentrification for example um i was like Yes, that is what happens to artists who get pushed out and everything. But in her case, it was people who live in the trees and stuff like that. It was beautifully, beautifully done. Hmm. Um, and then for mysteries, because this is a crime, uh, Marie Johnson is a mystery author. Um, but I'll just say my, I always love Chris Nelscott, um, Jim Dresden, and um, Dana Stabenow. Or, you know, you, know, you, you cannot go wrong with those three for me awesome sounds good um if someone made a movie or tv show based on your books who would you imagine playing hope who would you want to play hope okay okay i just have to tell you um <laughs> we have we have a play so, yeah i was gonna say what is what's yes. the play about i want to know about that play okay so i do have somebody playing hope and her name is uh, stephanie veleshkin higano uh, and uh, she is lovely, like just uh, seeing the emotion play across her face is very moving. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, and, and it's just, it's so interesting to see somebody else uh, personify, you know, the person who's basically me uh, in residency. So I love that very much. So I know that the vast majority of people have not seen her act, but if you want to, you could come to Ottawa February 8th to 10th, and then you would be able to get a glimpse of her talent. Wow. Um, so I have had, a, and, uh, and the other person, uh, we did have another actor play her as well, who was very talented. So I've been so lucky to have, um, to have had people bring hope to life. Oh, and I also have audiobooks. And so Carmelito read the uh, Red Shapes of Wrath. Oh, that's fantastic. That's that's great. Isn't it something amazing when you hear other people say the lines that you of the characters you create? And maybe it's a little bit different, but it's it's awesome than you imagined it. That's the way it's been for me anyhow. Yes, congratulations to you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have to say before this, I did not understand the role of the director as well <laughs> um, in it. So um, I find it just interesting because I don't think as visually as I could. So it's uh, also humbling to see the like just physical shape that it can take, which is very beautiful. So hats off to Micah. All right. Excellent. Uh, is um, Let's see. What sort of humor books do you write? You write medical humor books? I'm, I'm intrigued well, by that. Okay. Yes. Cool. So I write for the Medical Post and 
that ends up being essays that are less than a thousand words, mostly like quite often funny and quite often just odd things that happen to me uh, in the emergency department. And then I just gather them together into books. So a book called The Most Unfeeling Doctor in the World and Other True Tales from the Emergency Room was an Amazon bestseller when it came out. Like people really enjoyed hearing about it. But uh, like, I'll just sit as an aside, there are also people who read it who didn't enjoy it, of course, but in general, people just <laughs> thought it was interesting to Well, it sounds like. really interesting. Yeah, sounds great. Somebody should do that for lawyers. <laughs> yes. Oh, did you end up practicing law then? Oh, yeah, I did for 10 years. Yeah. Oh, good for you. Yeah. <laughs> I even had my own office Lawyer. for a while. I, awesome. The stories I could tell, the stories other people could tell, it's amazing. <laughs> it's really amazing. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I, well, I'm going to tell you two things. So the best, well, a bestseller sort of side by side with me wasn't EMT. And of course, you know, Scott Turow and um, uh -huh. John Grisham and everybody. So, you know, go crazy with your lawyer and EMT and whatever else stories. Like there is a market for them. People want to know. Oh boy. Well, I really have to get in touch with some of my husband's friends then, because I'm sure that they have lots of stories. Uh, let's see. Um, I was going to ask you some, oh, advice. What advice would you give to anybody who would like to write for a living? Mm -hmm. This is a question I ask everybody you know, <laughs> who, who makes a life in the creative arts. I find it fascinating because for me, I feel like I took it. For me, it was the correct way which was that I wanted to be able to support myself and I didn't trust that art the, that writing or the arts could do that for me so that's why you know honestly that I went into medicine and that I just was like I'm going to be my own patron of the arts I'm going to be able to always put a roof over my own head and you know over my children's head it was very important to me um even though my boyfriend who became my husband had said he would support me, I just wanted that independence. Um, and it also gave me a lot of stories, so it ended up working out. Um, the advice I would give to other people would be, one of the things that nobody told me that I wish they had told me was that it's very important to make friends. You know, people always tell you, well, write a good book. Yes, write a good book. You know, market your book, market your book. But also, <laughs> other people lift you up. And um, it's not, like, and I do it too, and it's not that you're trying to exclude anybody, because I love to include people. But if you've worked with somebody, and you know them, and they're a good writer, and they're easy to deal with, it's just so much easier to reach out and be like, hey, like, I know this project, do you want to, do you want to join me? Or, you know, do you want to be on my podcast or on my YouTube channel, whatever it is, like, it's just a lot easier. Um, so if you're at home and you're an introvert and you're writing, like, that's good because you're honing your craft, but it's also good if you can, you know, join an organization, go to a conference, um, I know people moving away from Twitter, but you know, blue sky, whatever, like just, if you can make friends, that is key. You will, you will help rise together. Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add before we finish up? 
Um, I will, I guess I'll just plug one more time that the book that's coming out is called Sugar and Vice and the play that's coming out is called Terminally Ill. Boy, I want to go to Ottawa now and see this thing. <laughs> yes, please. We'd love to have you. <laughs> you guys have to record it and put it up on YouTube or something, maybe. <laughs> Or yeah, Vimeo well, I, I, somewhere. <laughs> we we need the money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ask, yes. ask for for money on admission. Yeah, no problem with that. You can do that. <laughs> Somebody can. Um, I really appreciate your being here today, uh, Melissa. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for having me, Debbie. I really appreciate it, and uh, keep reading and writing, everybody. Alrighty. Well, on that note, thank you everyone for listening and um, just want to say uh, if, if you're watching this on YouTube, please hit like. If you're listening to it in the podcast, please leave a review. They help. And take a look at our Patreon page. We are a Patreon-supported podcast and I'm very grateful to my patrons, believe me. And so on that note, um, our next guest will be Leanne Sparks. Until then, take care and happy reading. Mm -hmm.